such a blessing to be with you all, to enjoy singing, proclaiming these praises together, and, and now to be able to look at God's Word together. I invite you to turn this morning to Psalm 99, verses 1 through 3. Psalm 99, verses 1 through 3, and we hear these words the psalmist proclaimed. The Lord reigns. Let the nations tremble. He sits enthroned between the cherubim. Let the earth shake. Great is the Lord in Zion. He is exalted over all nations. Let them praise your name, your great and awesome name. He is holy. When I take in this passage and I think about the reign of God, He is in charge. And my mind kind of goes to this place and I think, uh, you know, I, I often like to be in charge. I think particularly in meetings where if I'm in charge, I get to set the agenda I get to set the pace that we move through the agenda. I get to decide when the meeting is over. I like to be in charge. And then it's true that sometimes I like it when others are in charge. I remember a time when I was 24 years old and my dad planned this trip for us to go to London and some cities in Scotland. He had it all planned out, complete itinerary, where we would eat, where we would go. And it was fantastic not to have to worry about any of that. He was in charge, and I was following along with his good planning. And I, I liked it that someone else was in charge. Yet the deeper question is not whether we like to be in charge or not. Really, the deeper question is who is in charge? And Psalm 99 declares very clearly that the Lord reigns. This is a consistent theme throughout Scripture. In Psalm 2, verse 4, it talks about the Lord being enthroned in heaven. In chapter 9, verse 4, it talks about the Lord sitting on the throne, judging righteously. And a few verses later, the Lord reigns forever. He has established His throne for justice. He will rule the world in righteousness. He will govern the peoples with equity and compassion. We can read this again in uh, Psalm 29 and 55 and 102 and 135. The Lord is enthroned as king forever, ruling with justice and compassion. The Lord reigns. Let the nations tremble. Who rules or reigns in your life? When you do some self-reflection, do you find that your peer's opinion reigns in your life? Or is there a certain political perspective that reigns in your life? Do you find that you have an addiction or an unhealthy habit that reigns in your life? Or a pursuit of riches or comfort that reigns in your life? Or do you find that you You reign. Your selfish ambitions or your pride reigns in your life. The Lord reigns. Let the nations tremble. 
Two chapters earlier in Psalm, the psalmist declared, the Lord reigns, let the earth be glad. So that's glad because of God's character and tremble because of his power and his authority and his holiness. The Lord reigns, let the nations tremble. We get a vision of this in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3, where Isaiah um, describes the vision that he has of the throne room. And the Lord is seated on the throne, and there are living creatures around, heavenly creatures around the throne, praising the Lord, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. We receive a similar vision from John in Revelation 4.8 as he describes what he sees in this vision given to him from the Lord of the Lord seated on the throne in heaven. And again, the heavenly creatures are surrounding the throne and they are calling out day and night forever and ever. And they never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. This is a picture of the heavenly throne room of the Lord who reigns in heaven. Then we see in Genesis this the Lord in heaven demonstrating his reign on earth, on the universe that he creates as he with words speaks the earth and the entire universe into existence. The Lord reigns, let the nations tremble. In the next part of the first verse in chapter 99 of Psalms, we read this. He sits enthroned between the cherubim. Let the earth shake. So think here, the, the vision of the throne room, his reign in heaven is now coming to earth. And we get this picture of his reign on earth, this reference of his reign, his, um, he sits between the cherubim. That's a reference to the Ark of the Covenant. And on the top, the cover of the Ark of the Covenant was plated in gold, and it had two cherubim that were plated in gold. And that sat inside the Holy of Holies, which was inside the tabernacle. And throughout Exodus, we read how the Lord came and he was present with his people and he showed his presence as his presence would come and rest in between the cherubim. So this picture of the, his throne in between the cherubim is this picture of his reign. The reign in heaven is now demonstrated in his reign on earth with his people, the Israelites. Then we read throughout the uh, Egypt and the account of the Exodus, we read this incredible demonstration of how the Lord reigns on earth, where just with the, the wave of Moses' staff, the Lord bl- brings these plagues, plagues of he turns all the water in Egypt to blood. He brings frogs and gnats and flies and this plague of livestock and boils and then hail that wipes out the crops and locusts and darkness all over Egypt, but not for the Israelites. And then the plague of the firstborn children. And all of this, the Lord is demonstrating his reign on earth. Then the the Pharaoh finally decides to let the Israelites go, and they go into the desert, and they're stopped by the Red Sea, and the Egyptian army is coming after them, and the Lord parts the Red Sea, and the Israelites travel through, and then it crashes down on the Egyptians, again showing the Lord reigns on earth. 
He absolutely reigns. There's this great passage in Joshua 2, verses 6 through 8, where the Israelites have continued through the wilderness and they're approaching Jericho. And some of their, the Israelite men are interacting with Rahab in Jericho. And she says of her people in Jericho, she says, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for, for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sahan and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. So even those people, though they didn't accept the reign of the Lord, they recognized the reign of the Lord. God then comes to earth in the person of Jesus, fully God and fully man, and he demonstrates his reign again over disease. When you read through the Gospels, you read of several accounts of Jesus healing every single sick person who came to him, all sorts of diseases. He demonstrated his reign over and over again over disease. He demonstrated his reign over nature as he, he sat in that boat and the storm was there and the disciples um, in fear woke him up and just with words of rebuke to the storm, the storm completely stopped. He demonstrated his reign over evil spirits as they recognized him and feared him and listened to his word as he told them to, to leave. He demonstrated his reign over sin and death on the cross as he paid the punishment that we deserve, and then he was resurrected to life. He sends his Holy Spirit and launches a worldwide movement through a handful of imperfect followers. The Lord demonstrates his reign in countless ways throughout the history of the world, and yet not everyone accepts him as king. Pharaoh didn't. Pharaoh had so much reason to accept the reign of the Lord. He saw his nation falling apart right before his very, very eyes. But Pharaoh did not accept the reign of the Lord. Some of the Pharisees did not accept the reign of the Lord. Many people today do not accept the reign of the Lord. Do you do you accept his reign or reject his reign? This is where I want to spend the rest of our time is really digging deep into this question and doing some self-reflection. Do you accept or reject his reign? Have you given your allegiance to King Jesus? The sad truth is that while we live in a broken world, there are two different reigns at play. The reign of God and the reign of people. Sinful, broken people. These two are very different, but they both exist. Consider Egypt during the Exodus. Again, Pharaoh reigned over 
Egypt, right? He had significant power and authority over the nation of Egypt. The the nation was falling apart because of the plagues that the Lord was sending. And his officials came to Egypt. And at one point, they they say, Pharaoh, do you not realize that Egypt has been destroyed? You should let these people go. And Pharaoh refuses to let the people go. But in he, and he has the authority. They continue to, um, to, to, st- to have the people stay. And, and Pharaoh has significant authority over the Egyptian people. Yet his reign was nothing compared to the reign of the Lord over Egypt. There's this similar duality that plays out for us today where we live in a world where people reign. They have real authority that makes a difference. And at the same time, if Scripture is true, and I believe that it is, the Lord has ultimate reign, and His reign crushes the reign of humans like like an elephant would crush a potato chip. It's a silly example, but, but that is to say the power and extent of the Lord's reign is so far and above the power and extent of the reign of people. So I want to unpack these two very real and present reigns. We'll think first a little bit more about this reign of people. In the reign of people, all morals and ethics are relative. We are subject, with some exceptions, to whomever we choose to be subject to, to whatever extent that we want to be subject. When something goes wrong, then we find fault with someone who is in charge of some aspect of our dilemma. And we go after that, we go after that person and we reject their reign we find another king who inevitably fails to meet our expectations, and this cycle repeats itself again and again and again until we realize that really our expectations reign. If I think about it, if I'm the one judging these situations, rejecting these different kings or authority figures and finding another, it's, it's my expectations that reign. It's It's me that reigns in my mini-world. And if I'm honest about my reign in my mini-world, I realize I stink at it. And, And when I realize that I stink at it, that's pretty painful. And then I I need to seek a way to numb that pain with indifference or with distraction or with addiction. The reign of people is characterized by payback and pride. It's judgment for them and validation for me. In the end, everyone loses. If you live fully into the reign of people, this paradigm, you'll experience ever-changing moral standards, and you'll spend your life running after someone to blame for the hardships you've experienced, the hardships that you now endlessly replay in your mind. You don't have to live there. While it's true that people reign to some extent, there is one whose reign is exponentially more powerful and just and compassionate. 
It is victorious and it is everlasting and it is the reign of God over heaven and over earth. In the reign of God, all morals and ethics are set by him and revealed in his word to us. The Lord is king and we are his subjects. His ways are to be trusted and obeyed. When something goes wrong, we rightfully ask, God, where did you go? And he answers, I am here. So we understandably respond, God, why did you let that happen then? And he consistently responds, I am God. I am loving. I am powerful. I am holy. I am just. I am present. I am sovereign. I am God. And as we receive that message, even though what we wanted, we we wanted an explanation as to why, but when we receive this message that he is God and we take it with an open heart, the Holy Spirit brings comfort to our hurting souls, comfort that heals us and prepares us and equips us to receive and follow the instructions to come, the instructions from our King, which we as his subjects are bound to obey and which we as those who have been comforted are pleased to obey. The reign of God is characterized by healing and by direction from the Spirit. Direction from the Spirit is so much different from direction that we sometimes receive from blind rage or deep bitterness or foolish desperation. The direction that comes from the Spirit is gracious and all-knowing counsel from our King. The reign of people is filled with finding a foe to fight. The reign of God involves submitting to our king to follow. The king asks for our complete allegiance. We read about this in Matthew 16, verses 24, where where Jesus declares, he says, if anyone wants to follow me, if anyone wants to live as my subject, they must take up their cross, deny themselves, and follow me. He says later that the rule and, and, and direction in my kingdom is this, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and to love your neighbor as yourself. Will you accept his reign and live as his subject in his kingdom or will you reject his reign and subject yourself to lesser kings? When you get diagnosed with an illness, you might be inclined to dwell in sadness or to find someone to blame. The Lord's reign invites us to trust his rule over heaven and earth and obey his way in all circumstances. When you don't get the job that you wanted, you're inclined to respond with bitterness or depression And the Lord's reign invites us to trust his rule over heaven and earth and obey his way in all circumstances. When you're hurt by a friend and inclined to respond with anger or self-pity, 
The Lord's reign invites you to trust his rule over heaven and earth and obey his way in all circumstances. When you experience temptation and you want to take a shortcut to pleasure, the Lord's reign invites us to trust his rule over heaven and earth and obey his way in all circumstances. When you don't make the team or when you get an unexpected bill or when you get injured, the Lord's reign invites us to trust his rule over heaven and earth and obey his way in all circumstances. When you have the opportunity to cheat in school or at work or on your taxes, the Lord's reign invites us to trust his rule over heaven and earth and obey his way in all circumstances. Will you accept the reign, his reign, and live as his subject in his kingdom, or will you reject his reign and subject yourself to lesser kings? We are given a thousand opportunities every day to accept or reject the Lord's reign. And the teaching of the Bible compels us to acknowledge the Lord as king and to give him our full allegiance. I want to put before you and and invite you into saying a, a brief and simple prayer that I'll put up on the screen And I want to close by just giving you a moment or two to pray this prayer, to interact with the Lord about this prayer. And after we have a moment or two to to silently um, pray uh, pray this for a moment, then we are going to, the worship team is going to come up and lead us in an enthusiastic, boisterous response of declaring who the Lord is. He is our King. So let's talk to the Lord and then respond with enthusiasm.